Al, it is, you know, it's a special episode this week. It's the 75th episode we have done. Wow. I still can't believe it. Can't believe it. Do we ever do like a half episode? Do we like screw the the, na- the the numbering up at one point? Did we? I don't know. Why? I was, tr- I was trying to think if this is a true 75 or not. I don't but regardless. Ever, I don't think we ever really like did any kind of weird numbering. Okay. Regardless though. 75 episodes. So, you know, usually that means it's a cause for celebration. So, um. what better time to celebrate some games that we found incredibly disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> um, disappointing is a word. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would substitute in my case infuriating. There you go. That's yeah. a word. Yeah. There's a word in the English language. But yeah, um, two games that were controversial and upon release. That's a, that's a, that's another great word. Controversy. And- we finally played them. We finally played them. Well, we each played them singularly. We didn't play them together. Right, but we had to suffer through each other playing them. Correct. <laughs> Welcome to the 75th episode of the Seasonal Anime Checkup OVA, a podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, and manga. Hello, I'm Jared, joined as always by Dr. Al herself and Ladium. Hello. And we're here to talk to you about controversial, disappointing, <gasps> infuriating video games. By the time this goes up, I will officially have, like, You will graduated. be official. You will be uh, super official. Wow. Neato. Anyway, infuriating games. Infuriating games. Um, one of them was described last year by the fine folks at Giant Bomb as the worst game of the year. Wow. One of the nominees for Hottest Mess. Wow. And generally just a hotly controversial game in terms of it coming from a very storied franchise, a storied developer, and just the weirdness that came out of that game being released at the time it did, and then the stories of the the horrific development cycle that this game went through. (laughs) Of course, I'm talking about Mass Effect Andromeda. And the other game we will be talking about is a game that we have hotly lambasted throughout, you know, this this entire series' run. Yeah. But you decided to play it. I did. Um, I... I, I will get more into why yeah. I decided to play it when when I start talking about it. But I did decide to play it. It was a very surprising when I saw that. But but regardless, you know, I'm sure people could have criticized us for for talking bad about it for and not playing it. But mm-hmm. now we have the scientific the scientific proof. We have the science behind us. We have the science behind us now. Uh, Al will be talking to us about. What was my what was my award for this? The 2016 boy I hope games don't have weird mixed marketing or mixed media productions like Final Fantasy 15 game of the year, Final Fantasy 15. That's what you're going to be talking about. I'm going to be talking about that, which I did get messages. They were like, "Are are you actually playing 
Final Fantasy 15? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I got multiple messages about this, by the way. I mean, considering our history with this game and how much we have talked <laughs> about it, it is not surprising that that would be like, that would incur a very surprising reaction. I was like, wait, you're actually playing that? Yep, yep. What? So, uh, Mass Effect and uh, Final Fantasy. Correct. What a team. What a team. So, I... I I played through Mass Effect finally. I, I'd, I'd bought it a while back when it was like real cheap. I mean, still, you can still find it for pretty cheap nowadays. Okay. Like I think I just saw it go up today for like uh, some place had it on sale for like five bucks. Oh my god. Yeah, it did. It did a very quick turnaround and dive in price. You know, after last year, and that, this game's only been out for like a little over like a year and two months. So, it's a sharp, sharp decline. I'm a big fan of the Mass Effect series. Like, I played through all three of them. I think one is the best game. I know I'm very much in the minority of that, but, you know, like, two and three are still really good games. Like, it's just the way they decided to make those more action-oriented games was kind of a bummer compared to the, I mean, the more RPG elements of the first one. I only played one. Yeah. So, um, that is my best Mass Effect game because it is the it's only the Mass only Effect played. game. So going into Andromeda, like just before it even came out and everything, like it was it was exciting because like oh it's a new Mass Effect game. I'm like, what are they gonna do with this? You know, they the trilogy's all done. You know, the the entire the franchise is wide open in terms of like what they can do with it. And the whole thing <laughs> with this one was, you know, it's kind of set in kind of during the events of the trilogy, but you're like in a completely different galaxy. So the premise is that uh while the trilogy was going on the the races of the council were like so if this whole plan with Shepard and the reapers like fails miserably we need to get people out of here and to a different galaxy so like all of our races can survive so that's basically the premise like uh, you take like all these different ships and you send them off to a different galaxy and try and find a new home world and you you end up in the Andromeda galaxy so that's the premise of this game and you play as uh, the Pathfinder, because that's your 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 job is that you're trying to find, trying to find new worlds and new places that can be habitable by by people of all races. Uh, the downside of this is that there's a lot of problems with this game. <laughs> now, of course, I'm coming to this after the fact, where they have patched a lot of it and fixed a lot of the issues that were present with the game when it came to when it when it launched where there was a lot of like weird animation issues a lot of like the facial stuff was real strange in terms of like how people like reacted or just talked in general like there's still a little bit of that in the version that I played but not necessarily as bad as I was at launch as you yeah, know I'm led I to believe yeah I remember seeing like all the videos and articles mm -hmm. at launch about like how bad it was I'm like ooh like it's still not perfect by any means even though they have done a lot of patching to the game like there are still weird just performance issues with the game where like you'll just be driving along a planet and then the game will just stop hey to, that sounds familiar to basically load in the next section essentially like i've had characters just like float in in air in midair like one just like spaz out just randomly uh i had my main character phase through a door during a cutscene. <laughs> I got locked out of, like, I got locked in a room because the door just decided to close and not reopen. Oh, my God. 
it's a lot of like it's it's yeah there's a lot of issues with this game where you look at it and you're like they should not have released this game when they did yeah no this game needed needed a lot more happier this game needed a lot yeah probably that at least but uh there's a good uh, there's a good article out there that you can go read by Jason Schreier of Kotaku who who dives into pretty much the development history of this game and it sounds like a nightmare. Where Is it as bad as Final Fantasy 15's development cycle? It I mean it's not as long but like <laughs> the amount of like ridiculous BS that the development team went through in terms of like just being completely understaffed at most points, uh constant changes in scope and how this game was going to be like one of the main gist of this article is that the game that was shipped basically came together in the last 18 months of development i mean it really does seem like there are a lot of parallels between mm-hmm. this game and final fantasy 15 but one of the that's, oh, that's sorry kind of the same thing that yeah. they had like understaffing they had like changes to the direction mm-hmm. they had complete story changes and then like they had to shovel out whatever they had at the very last minute to get it out. Yeah. I mean, that's really, really similar. So essentially, the development of this game began in like 2012, like right around the time Mass Effect 3 was coming out. And mm-hmm. BioWare decided to switch development teams from BioWare Edmonton, who had been doing the Mass Effect trilogy at that point, to BioWare Montreal, who basically had come in during DLC production and helped out with some of that stuff. And they were going to lead the charge for the, the next Mass Effect game. And their idea for the next Max Effect game was let's go back to the ideas of the first game and make this more about exploration than like action and combat and all that sort of stuff. So their initial idea for this game was Mass Effect, but also No Man's Sky. Huh. So they were going to have like hundreds of, of procedurally generated planets that you would go and explore. You would be able to like go down onto the planet and roam around with your vehicle. You'd be able to fly a spaceship around. And that was basically the main gist of what this game was going to be. The problem with that was uh, the engine that they use, Frostbite, that is one of EA's main engines, is basically real bad at doing anything other than first-person shooters. <laughs> so that's a key problem. Uh, they found the or they, f- they found problems with coming up with like randomly generated planets and making things fun like by exploring them. And also trying to implement a story into all of that. So basically, the first three years of development were just a mess in terms of like trying to figure out if they could do this or not. And basically realizing too late that they couldn't. And then having to scramble and reconvene and try and figure out a new way to to get this to get this going. So like it went from like hundreds of planets to like 30 planets. And then from 30 planets to seven which is basically what's in the in the main game and all the while there's you know short staffing in terms of like the animation team other other parts of the team are very under understaffed uh the direct the director of the game got changed midway through production uh one of the big leads from bioware left during production as well so like you know the, the new people they bring in like they're like oh we gotta we're gonna bring our own vision to this game now so like they're changing things here and there as well and it's just a huge mess. Like even just like the the tools that they're using to create the game are like being switched out on them during production. Oh my god! So it's it's a huge huge mess. And like one of the one of the big things that they talk about in that article is like 
their their crunch time was just horrendous like some of the worst that like some of those developers had ever experienced and a lot of times well and like they also mentioned that you know in game development the last like six to eight months it's usually like, oh, we're polishing things up, we're getting things, you know, we're ridding bug, getting rid of bugs, we're fine-tuning everything to make it real good, all that sort of stuff. Which, that's basically how a lot of video game development is. Right. For this game, it basically became, became like, oh, anytime we fix something and we get it to where we want it, it just falls apart somehow, somewhere down the line. So a lot of it was just like, them doing something, it breaking horrendously, and then them having to go back and redo everything to try and fix it or at least do patchwork on it. All the while they have like so many other different things that are breaking and they're just like having to fix and put together just to try and maintain this game to be functional in the slightest. And then at the same time EA being like, well, we need to release this game at some point. So it's just a constant struggle of trying to make this game even just viable in the slightest, but also under the time constraints of, oh God, we're going to release this thing and it is not going to be ready. So it sounds like just... Hot mess. A hot, hot mess. (laughs) Oh, that's tragic. It is. Which granted, like, I feel like there are parts of this around the scenes where you can see, like, there could have been a good game here. Or at least a decent one. Maybe not to the yeah. same... Caliber? The same caliber as the first three games. But at least, like, fine. Or, if this was just a sci-fi game without the Mass Effect license attached to it. It could have been fine. I think, like, one of the main things that really hurts people is that it's a, it's a Mass Effect game. And there's a lot of expectations going into that. There's a lot of weight to that name. There's a lot of similarities in the two things that we're going to talk about today. (laughs) You're not wrong. I didn't realize this when we started recording, and now I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) But yeah, like there there are parts of this game that seem like it could have been good, and like you look at the Metacritic scores, which I mean that's that's a thing, but like (laughs) it's 70s, 72 on PC, 71 on PS4, and 76 on Xbox One. So, like, it's not poorly, poorly reviewed, but it is, compared to the other games, it's pretty much down the line from that, where the other games were getting mid to high 80s and above. Right. And then you get this, and it's lessened. But, you know, there are, you can definitely see some problems here and there. Like, there's a lot of writing in this that is not that great, where it's just pretty bland and generic. There's quite a few characters in it that you just, that are just very poorly written and you pretty much just don't care about throughout the entirety of the game like uh like the two humans on your on your crew on your ship like are just not great not really well written and i just did not give a crap about them because like one of them is like i wish i was the pathfinder so you i knew your dad more it's just like shut up i don't care just leave me alone uh there is one character that is literally a manic pixie dream girl Oh my god. And it is the worst. I bet. It's oh god, it's terrible. Terrible. I mean there are other characters like on your ship that are actually like real good. Like um Drac is a is like this older Krogan and he's just like the dad of the group and he's real cool. Like anytime you like you you go out on missions with him, he'll just like tell like old stories and just act like a act like a dad essentially. Hmm. There's um 
there's new there's there's for a game about exploring a new galaxy there's only one like or two new alien races you find which is kind of strange but like the the guy you get from the new alien races is, is real interesting because it's a lot of him just being like okay what do you guys do what's like your cultural standards like what is what is all of this new stuff mean that i don't understand which is pretty interesting but it's also something they kind of did in mass effect 3 so it's not like it, this is a new thing for them so that's kind of disappointing and just it feels like also this this game was very much over padded with like side quests and stuff to mm-hmm. where like you really could become overwhelmed with the amount of content that's in the game and especially because some of the content or like maybe 50% of the content is just not all that interesting or worthwhile to even go explore which is which is a bummer because you can a lot of times in the Mass Effect games like those side quests are where you would get a lot of like the nit and gritty of like the good writing, the good storytelling, the good characterization. And with this, like you there's there's points where you'll get some of that, but most of it is just like, you know, you could be doing other things and having a better time with it. Which is a bummer. Yeah. Uh yeah, so writing is a is a big, big problem. Also <laughs> the game ends on a cliffhanger of so you meet this like new alien race called the Ket, and they're like the big baddies of the of the game. And one of them, they're basically their whole thing is like they they're trying to abduct all the alien races and turn them into their own people, into more Ket. So like all the alien races, are like man, these guys suck. We should fight them. Uh, you fight one of them like as the the big boss of the end game called the Archon, and he's trying to like get this new alien technology technology at this kind of planet called meridian that would that basically has like this huge network with all the other planets around in the galaxy it's real weird but if they get that like the cat will basically make sure like all the planets could like get become barren wastelands and they could just use that to subjugate everyone so you have to be like oh we're gonna get it instead and make it so it'll make planets more livable and everything like that uh so you at the end of the game you basically beat that dude and one of the post credit stingers is like another like higher ranking dude in the cat just like looking on from like one of his ships and then like just turns away and walks away so it's like obviously you would take that to be like oh well the next game we're gonna go continue going higher up the pecking order and taking these guys down but (laughs) the thing is with what happened with this game yeah. EA was like, so we're not doing any single player DLC, which is a big sticking point because most or the other three games they had some sort of single player story expansions, even multiple ones of that. And also, we are putting the Mass Effect franchise on the shelf for now, which essentially kills any type of sequels or extended stories for this game completely dead. Yeah. It is dead in the water. Wow, that's tragic. Yeah. It's a shame, too, because there's so much interesting things you could do with the Mass Effect franchise. And, you know, like, their initial pitch of this of trying to make this Mass Effect cross No Man's Sky before, even before, like, No Man's Sky was even revealed. Like, Mm -hmm. it's bold and ambitious, but it's one of those things where you kind of have to, like, rein it in a bit where 
sure, like being able to explore hundreds of planets would be real cool, but you know, this is an RPG series. How do you exactly do you make like compelling storytelling when there are hundreds of planets to go and explore and make it like viable in any sort of means? Like it feels like that's one of those things where someone at that point of pre-production should have come up with that question. <laughs> <laughs> and but like, didn't. Yeah, and didn't. But like, I mean, hey, like they tried, but like I think they tried far too much to where you know that got out of hand, and then completely just everything just started spiraling out of control to where by the end of it, it was just out of everyone's hands to where nothing really good could really be salvaged out of it, like. Andromeda is not a bad game. And I mean, that's the thing that's unfortunate with game development is that you have, like, it is great to be ambitious and try new things, but uh-huh. at the same time, you also have to be realistic with, like, what you have the time to do and what technology can do. And especially when you're under a company like EA who is... Right. EA is not the best place to try and foster that creativity. And yeah, I mean, they're notorious for shutting down studios here and there just on whim, so... Yeah. It's just one of those things where, like, yeah. Like I said, Andromeda is not bad. It's it's boring at best. It's dull at times. <laughs> but it's, I would not necessarily say it's a bad game. It's disappointing for sure. It's okay at best. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, like, hey, if you're a Mass Effect fan, you should go, you should go check this game out. Like, because... I don't feel comfortable doing that. Like, I'm yeah. not sure I would recommend this game to really anyone, but it gets a much worse rap than I think it necessarily deserves. But at the same time, it's not necessarily, it's not the, it's not the trilogy, mm-hmm. which I mean, obviously it's not trying to be, but when you, when, like I said earlier, when you stick that Mass Effect name onto it, you are, there's an expectation of a certain type of quality. And this but, game doesn't deliver that. But to say that it was the worst game is really exaggerating. Yeah. Like a lot of bad stuff came out that year. <laughs> right. And so, I mean, it, it might have been like a very big disappointment for people. But like to say that's the worst is being kind of drama-lama. And like, and yeah, like, like I said, I played this after the fact where things had changed. So if I was yeah. coming to this initially from launch, maybe I would have a different opinion of that. But would you still think it was the worst game? I mean, I don't know. I, I don't remember necessarily like all the bad games I played last year. But also, like, I have, <laughs> I feel like I have somewhat of like a higher tolerance for disappointing games at times because I played through like a, a crap ton of those when I was a kid. Yeah. So like I I know I know a bad game when I see one and like this isn't necessarily bad it's just disappointing. Well, and the bad thing about like game reviews now and you try to avoid this with your reviews by avoiding numbers, but if there's anything that's below a 7 like or if there's a 7 or below then automatically it's just considered like terrible. And that that leaves an 8 and a 9 and a 10 to be a good game and that's right. not right. Right. Like it sounds to me like from you playing it, it'd be around like a five or a six. Yeah. It's just, it, it exists. It's mediocre, but like it wasn't terrible. I think a lot of it though, just comes to like, it's a Mass Effect game and you know, expectations were very high for this thing. So right. 
if you're coming into it. I think that's also another thing. Like I came into it with very low expectations. That's true. So it's not like I was coming into it like, man, this is going to be great. Oh man, I'm so excited. It's like, you know, like I know there's problems with this game. I know I'm not necessarily going to be blown away by it. Let's see, let's see if there's anything that I can find that I can enjoy out of this game. And like there were parts of it that I did enjoy, like just running, roaming around planets, uh, finding new things to like look at and and poke and prod at. Like there were times where I just like was just sitting there and just kind of zoned out and chilling throughout most of it. I mean, like that's not necessarily uh, like maybe not the best thing to say about a very story driven RPG. <laughs> but you know like I wasn't like constantly hating myself throughout the entirety of it so I think that I think that's some semblance to take from it <laughs> well I didn't hate myself yeah yeah there were I mean there's worse games you could play than this that's true so it's just one of those things where you know it's disappointing could have been better could have been a lot better but like just from the stories of the way the development came across, like it's, it seems like it was a lost cause for a long time. And there really wasn't much that the development team could do in terms of like trying to write this ship into becoming really anything better than what initially came out. So what are you going to do? But yeah, Mass Effect Andromeda, it's, it's okay. <laughs> I think that's the the gist of it. It's okay. You can shoot a lot of things in it. Pew 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 pew. Pew pew. Blam blam. You can make horrific looking characters. You can. Oh my god. I don't know what that was you sent me, but it was horrific. It but was this my is brother. also coming from the person who made ah. Ah. <laughs> like you, you are. You deserve an award. For making horrific characters and character creation. I made my main character look decent. And then I was like, what if I made the brother look horrific? And he did. You yes. succeeded. He's got gray hair. He's got a weird scar on his nose. He's got a blonde mustache. It's, it's terrible. But like his mouth and his nose are basically like connected. <laughs> yep. <some point. laughs> it was odd like it looks like he's trying to duck face but in doing the duck face his mouth somehow like connected itself <laughs> to the nose and i was like and there's a mustache somewhere in there it was it was odd pretty much yeah <laughs> oh man so yeah that's mass effect Alright, you want me to talk about Final Fantasy? Let's 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 finally talk about Final Fantasy fifteen, which <sighs> by this point, before you started playing, like I was the one with the most experience with that game because I had played all three of those demos. Correct. And from those demos I decided like this game is bad. I'm not gonna play it. I played the um uh, the Carbuncle demo, I played that one. It was Platinum demo, right? Yes. And then I played the one that came with um, Type, zero. Type Zero. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I played those two, and then I watched you play the car driving one the car, um, on the, Switch. The, yeah, the last one, which was a Japanese-only demo, was was more closer to release than either of the other two. Yep. So it was more of like a, an actual representation of what the game was actually going to be. Correct. And from that, I was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. 
So when you sent me, <laughs> when you're like, hey, you want to see something surprising? I was like, sure. And you here's the box art of Final Fantasy 15. You showed me a picture of games on your shelf and Final Fantasy 15 was in there. I was like, what is going on? So for backstory, my brother, who I I trust very much his opinion on things, um, was like, so I'm playing Final Fantasy 15 and you really should play it. You should play it. So I'm like, OK, I'll play it. And so I did based on my brother's because uh, my brother told me that it was his favorite Final Fantasy and with him saying that I'm like whoa did I miss something like there has to be something really really good that I'm missing the fact that it's his favorite like, and he a, says that it was, there's a general curiosity they're like okay what I need to figure out why exactly he would say that right that was my my thought process I'm like all right Keller has really great taste in video games and he says it's his favorite and I mean, we grew up playing Final Fantasy games together. Mm -hmm. That's he's the one that like got me into it. So, I mean, I've played, I guess, every mainline Final Fantasy. Yes, because um, like I obtained a fan translated copy of Five before Five was ever released in the state. Right. So, I mean, like, that's that's the thing. I've been a huge, huge fan of the series. And so, like you said, it was like a sense of curiosity. I'm like, what is it? Because I watched Brotherhood, the anime, and I was like, no. Yeah, because we, we split watching the anime and the movie where you watched the anime for me, mm -hmm. for, for my website, and I watched Kingsclave, mm -hmm. which is not a good film. No, so... um. I watched I watched the anime a while back for your website and I didn't like it. I didn't Correct. think the characters were really likable, um, especially Noctis. I thought that he was kind of insufferable. And considering that he's supposed to be the main character, I'm like, um, that's bad. But also, like, I didn't really get a good sense of like why there was a sense of camaraderie around him. Like, none of these people really should be friends with him. He's kind of a. D mm -hmm. Um. But then, I mean, two of them are essentially assigned to him. So, you know, make of that what you will. Um, and then Keller also sent me Kingsglaive. So you'd play, you'd watch that. Mm -hmm. And then I watched that. It's bad. Um, yeah, I mean, I understand that it's like the backstory of like the king's death and what was happening and all. But it, it just wasn't really into it. Um, it's a pretty film, but that story oh, is gorgeous. not great. <laughs> It's beautiful. Um, and it's weird seeing Ultros as, like, not a joke character. Yeah, that's disappointing. Yeah, it was odd. Um, so, anyway, Keller told me, he's like, you know, the people who didn't like the story, I think maybe they just missed the the supplemental stuff. I'm like, oh, okay. So, I've seen this stuff now. I'll play it. We'll see what's there. You are the prime demographic for the Final Fantasy fifteen, or what Square would think of as an audience for this game, where you have seen all of the other forms of media that sh are associated with this thing. So you should, and, go, when you get into this thing, you should know everything. You should be primed and ready for the story. You will understand everything when you get into the story. And also like as a previous Final Fantasy fan, like when you boot up the game, it says like a Final Fantasy for old fans and new fans. Correct. Um, so I'm like, okay, sure, whatever. Um, also, just for context, so people know, 
how this went. Um, I I ended the game at level 74. Um, and I put 71 hours into it. Um, so if you think that I didn't give it a fair shake, you're wrong. Uh, so anyway, I started playing it. Um, which I will say right off the bat, I was very, very confused because you start off with like the car breaking down and you're pushing it, but like I couldn't see on the screen where it was telling me what to do. Because it's the same and, as that uh, that Japanese demo, basically the start of that. Yeah, so you have to you have to push the car, and I was like, do I press forward? Do I press all these? So I'm pressing all the buttons, trying to make them do it, and they're just on the screen and not doing anything. And then it finally like showed up on the right side of the screen, like press R two to push the car. I'm like R two? <laughs> That's not intuitive. So I finally got the car pushed to to Cindy is her name in English. Finally she's, we know. She's Sydney in Japan. Um and I still have major, major issues with her, but Correct. that's beside the point. Um Boobs don't look like that, guys. And so it was fine. I mean, like, I was playing it and I was doing all kinds of hunts and things, which is kind of reminiscent of the the system in 12 that you would, like, take basically, like, hits out on enemies and go and fight them and then you would get money and rewards and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that system's there and I was running around doing that, trying to get used to the battle system, which... <sighs> Boy, howdy, that battle system. Yep. Um, I hated it. It's not good. It's, it's not. Um, because I understand that, like, to be proficient in the battle system, you're supposed to, one, change weapons a lot, and two, you're supposed to stay in the sky and use his, like, warp abilities a lot. Right. Um... Which is fine when they work. And they don't really clarify to you at first. And I didn't find this out until I looked it up. Um, that like you have to hold down the button to make the warp strikes actually hit. Mm-hmm. So like I would press it and he would go forward. I'm like, oh, no, I want you to go up there. Up there. Up, up, up there. And it just never would work. Um, so... Maybe part of my issue is that, like, the battle system is not very thoroughly explained. Which, I mean, like, it felt that way from, like, that first demo. Yeah. Where it didn't feel like they were, even when they're trying to tutorialize you for it, like, it didn't feel like they were explaining things that well. Mm. And even then, like, it seemed like, this this doesn't seem like it's that great of a battle system. It's not fun. Yeah. Um. It's it's like a a really terrible version of Kingdom Hearts game uh, gameplay, and I didn't like it. I mean, it, it was a lot of like dodging and attacking, and it's like I spent you, a lot of time doing this. It's like if you took the combat from like a platinum developed game, but didn't understand what made those games good in terms of their combat and tried to replicate it. Oh, that's actually a good comparison. And I even tried to put it in wait mode to see if that would help. Right. It didn't. Did it make it even like remotely better or was it just like the same? Uh, No, because 
the way that wait mode works is really bizarre. Um, basically, if you're not pressing any buttons on the controls and everything just stops and you can like select what enemy you want to fight and then you have to continue pressing like the on uh, the PlayStation circle button to like get back into it. That sounds bad. And so, I mean, it really doesn't do anything other than helping you select what enemy you want to fight. So I was thinking that like it would make it more like maybe, a turn-based right make it more turn-based and it didn't do that um i was hoping <laughs> um so i mean noctis is still pretty unlikable he's he's kind of a brat throughout like the first eight chapters and he's he's moody and he's grumpy and like they always describe him as like the wayward prince and i don't understand that like he doesn't seem wayward to me by any means and i'm not sure if it's like a weird translation error they really like kansas and maybe they really like kansas but like at the beginning of the game he's sent off by the king to go on this car ride with his bros and go marry luna which is a whole other problem (laughs) um but then the car breaks down and the zany adventures begin but like, I don't know what about that makes him wayward because it wasn't like they sent him on this entire adventure in the first place. Or like he ran the, away from it. The whole reason that this happened was he was supposed to get on the ferry and go marry her. And then like the ferry was shut down and then the city got obliterated. So like there wasn't a problem with Noctis before He's a <laughs> any of this soul. happened. It, it doesn't make any sense. It was such a weird narrative choice to be like, oh, the way we're knocked us. And so then the rest of it's just him like trying to figure out what the heck is happening. And I spent a lot of time um, just roaming around getting over leveled. Like, I feel like if, if they wanted to go with that archetype for a story, like it would make more sense if he was trying to like get out avoid of his the wedding, avoid the wedding and get out of like being king and all that. But also, this was a a journey about him finding himself, discovering himself, who exactly he is, along with his pals and everything like that. Yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> um, no, I mean, like he was he was fine. He's like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna be king. That's cool. I'm gonna go marry Luna. Cool, fine. Like, it it wasn't like he was really fighting against his fate right. at any point. And then, like, once his dad dies, he kind of loses his mind but he he accepts very very quickly okay i'm going to be king now i've got to figure this out and like throughout the narrative he continues to say that kind of stuff so i'm like where did they get this idea that like he wasn't prepared for this like he's been told his entire life you're the prince you're going to be king like he knows what um so anyway, there's a lot of like weird shenanigans around the city um, of trying to fight the Imperials who have killed your dad. And it was rumored that you died, and it was rumored that Luna died, and neither of them died. Um, but Jared died. I'm dead. Hello. It's me, the rip, ghost. Rip, rip Jared. Welcome um, to Spooky Podcast. <laughs> Which is so weird. Like, you have all these strange names like you have Noctis and Prompto and Iris and then you have Jared hello (laughs) but anyway Jared is an old guy and he dies um because of Noctis whoops damn you Noctis you (laughs) swabbledebity 
You wayward prince. You wayward prince. I'll shake my cane at you. He does have a cane. Um, I didn't even know that. That was just a good guess. Yep, yep. And then um, there's like some strange attempts to fight back against the Imperials. Um, narratively, they don't make any sense. They're like, hey, we're going to drive down the road. But also, like, do you want to just take down this base as like avenge Jared? Sure, why not? And then, like, the whole point of it is to introduce, like, new characters and new kind of, like, world elements. But there are many ways you could have gone about that that were better. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, this new thing that's like, so there's the Imperial base. You think maybe we should just, like, take it down? Yeah, why not? Um, Got nothing better to do. And then you meet um, the guy that you affectionately called once that Final Fantasy looking Yep, that's true. Mm-hmm. His name is Arden. He's one. Um, he is definitely a Final Fantasy looking He is. He is. And um, so he takes you to like basically the catalyst where everything starts going haywire. And uh, I don't know if it was like a, a weird... Final Fantasy games mix lore a lot, but um, there was Meteor, and then Titan was holding it, and Titan's a normal summon in Final Fantasy, but Titan wakes up and speaks to Noctis, and then essentially like becomes his summon when he dies. Um, sure. <laughs> and then Noctis learns, okay, I have to collect the six in order to become the true king. Okay. So, starts Noctis' quest to obtain the six. Who's next? Let's go get Ramu, who is the lightning god. Um, Because also, Luna's ghostly nursemaid is following us around. And telling us to go do this. And um, it's odd. Like, I got a trophy because I caught her in a picture once accidentally, but... Uh, yeah, she just follows you around and tells you things, and sure, why not? So, you have two of them under your belt. You have Titan and you have Ramu, and then you find out that Luna is in this, like, um, Venice-type area, and she's trying to awaken Leviathan. Let's talk about Luna. Let's. Um... So the whole game you're told that Noctis is going to marry Luna, that they've been betrothed since he was like 12 and he's now 20. No, wait, since they were, he, he's 20 and they haven't seen each other in 12 years, but they've been betrothed for that entire time. So since he was eight. Since he was eight, they've been engaged. Which is weird, by the way. Don't, don't do that. But you never actually get the, like, impression that he has feelings for her um like his friends will kind of like make fun of him as you do about this whole situation and he never like responds in a way that's like defensive of her or like implies that he has any real feelings like it seems like they're friends and he appreciates her but like there's no like deeper romanticness there. It's an which, obligation, I mean, basically. Fair. He hasn't seen her in twelve years, and <laughs> the last you. time he did, he was eight. <laughs> um. So I mean, things change then. A lot, a lot, a lot changes between eight years old and twenty years old. 
but it's just weird. And they communicate through her dogs. Like that's the only way that they've talked to each other in the past 12 years. Mm -hmm. And so like it becomes this huge narrative thing of like, we have to get to Luna, but like Noctis doesn't really seem to care. And so like by association, I don't care. And I felt like by the time that we actually got to Luna in the city, I knew next to nothing about her. And then she died. Sounds about right. Yeah. And so it became like this weird man pain situation because at that point he, she protected him um, from Leviathan and also Arden because Arden stabbed her, but that's not what killed her. She actually died from who knows. Um, like there's this weird thing that they're trying to explain how she died and like she became particles in the air and I don't understand what any of that means. Also, Ignis is blinded. Somehow. Um, so anyway, we obtained Leviathan. And I will say, to its credit, that was a really cool scene because, like, at one point Noctis, like, just stabs through Leviathan, like, around the throat and then just slides down the belly. Wee! Was- cool. Um, and I will say, like, the game is pretty at points. Like, there are a lot of really, really pretty points. And that's fair because Square puts a lot of time into, like... FMV type things. They they do that. Yeah. Like they try and make things look really, really pretty. So they did that. They succeeded mm-hmm. at points. Um but it I didn't care about Luna. And then they're like, here are a bunch of flashbacks about what was happening with Luna so that you do care. I'm like, I still don't care. Apparently she was dying anyway. We really want you to care, please care. Right, like, if you wanted me to care, maybe give her some semblance of a characterization. Or, like, put those flashbacks in at some other point. Right. But even then, like, they don't do enough for her character. Right. Like, you find out that she's dying because she's trying to make these packs with the the six and to protect Noctis. Okay, cool. So she's sacrificing. That's what we know about her. It's really, really bad. Um. And one thing that I mentioned to you is that there's a scene where the car dies and I felt more upset about the car dying than I felt about Luna dying. When I have more affection for the car. It's a bad sign. Luna. That's bad. Um, She just really lacked characterization. And like it became this entire thing of that Noctis is like, well, now I care about Luna. And like, Why? You didn't care about her before. Now you care? Now you're suddenly like, that was the love of your life? What? Where is this coming from? It, it makes no sense. <laughs> and um, then it just becomes like extreme man pain and like so annoying because Ignis is blinded and Gladio is mad at Noctis for like letting the sacrifice of Ignis's eyeballs and um, Luna go to waste because he's like unsure about being king now. And so like they're all infighting and Prompto's just kind of there like, hey guys, maybe like not do this. That'd be <laughs> fine. Can we like not fight, please? Um, Prompto is the best character, period. Um, there were two characters that I actually liked, and that was Prompto and Iris. And we got, like, 
that's the thing. It's like Iris got more characterization than Luna did, and she's a side character. It's a bad sign. Oh my god! But yeah, Prompto was great, and there's this entire part during the whole blinded sequence where everybody's being a little. <laughs> and um, Ignis is like, "Well, what do we do?" And Prompto's like, "Man, Ignis, didn't you read the sign?" I'm like, oh, <laughs> "Prompto." <laughs> Um, so yeah, everybody's real mad and in terrible mood and you, it becomes like extremely linear that you're like on this train and going to the capital and every once in a while the train stops. Oh no, Arden's here. Um, also there's a butt, a big ice butt <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> on the map. Oh, big ice um, butt. Big ice butt, which turns out is Luna's ghostly maid. What? Is Shiva? What? Yeah. She's Shiva. Somehow. Oh, I don't understand it either. I'm like, why didn't you just give him the pact when you first showed up for, like, Ramu? Why didn't you do this? What? <laughs> <laughs> um. So anyway, I don't know what count we're up to. We have Titan, we have Ramu, we have Leviathan, we have Shiva... Um, okay, yeah, we have two left. Uh, so anyway, we get to the Imperial Capital, and we're at Chapter 13. Um, which I had heard horror stories about Chapter 13. It's, you it, had heard horror stories about Chapter 13. Right, it's, it's the thing that a lot of people have talked about with this game being extremely controversial, is whatever happens in Chapter 13 to where... Square had to go back in and like redo that chapter to make it less of a, a whatever is wrong with it thing. And what's wrong with it is a lot. And there's still a lot wrong with it, even with the additions. Actually, I think there's more worse with it. Again, it's like stupidly linear. You have Noctis like without any weapons for some reason, without any of his friends for some reason. Like the whole idea of this entire game is like the power of friendship supporting you. And then they're like, hmm, chapter 13, let's just take all that away. That's fine. And so like you're having to run around with the, the ring of Lucy or whatever it's called and magic your way around and become the true king. Which, like, I get it. Symbolism. But, no. There are better ways to do this. Um, so it's a nightmare to play. And, like, very little actual good storytelling happens here. Like, you find out about, like, the emperor becoming, like, this weird beast man. And then you find out, like, Luna's brother died somehow um and then Arden's like teasing you and also like Prompto is a manufactured human being which me off oh man I I remember you probably got these text messages because mm-hmm. I was just so irritated because like that's dumb <laughs> Prompto was the only one in this crew who was the one who had chosen to be there that he was the one who was like okay i'm gonna be friends with noctis and this is my choice he's a regular guy he wasn't any kind of like um what's the word i'm looking for nobility um 
he went to his high school and he's like, yeah, man, we're bros. And I liked that. I thought that was the neat thing about Prompto is that he was like there on his like own will. Mm-hmm. And then like, oh, but Prompto's manufactured and also like, meh. And they're all like, well, you're our friend and you're a citizen of the city and we don't care. And he has like a barcode on him and stuff. Um, but I, I, I was asking you because in the Brotherhood anime, they had an entire section about how like he was like a fat kid who felt terrible about himself all the time. And like, Mm -hmm. why would you make a manufactured robot person who could like let themselves go? Who's imperfect. Who's right. Who's an imperfect robot person. But then you're like, well, go be friends with a prince. But then, like, you're a flawed robot person. And, like, he's questioning himself. Like, well, was I supposed to destroy you guys? And, like, who freaking knows, man? <laughs> I don't understand what's happening. It's dumb. It, yeah, it seems real dumb. It was so irritating because it felt like it took so much power out of, like, who Prompto was as a character to be, like, well, we need a way for you to get past doors. So if we just get Prompto a barcode, they could scan and get through doors, and it's fine. Also, if, like, he had a barcode the entire time, how did he never notice it? He did. He hit it. And he never thought, oh, golly gee, that's weird. No, he knew. Okay. He knew. He but... just didn't tell anybody else. It's dumb. Yeah. It's really dumb. Yeah. And, like, did nobody ever see him, like, without his wristband? Like, I'm pretty sure... Wait, it was under his wristband? It was under his wristband. Someone would have seen that at some point. Yeah, I mean, like, they're out camping all the time, and, like, they shower together instead of them shower together. <laughs> That's a little weird. But, like, they're out in the wild. Your wristband's gonna come off. Right. No one's gonna question, like, hmm, you have a barcode on your wrist, man. What, what, weird what's tattoo, bro. What, 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 what's that about, man? You gonna tell us? And, nope, okay. Like, I don't remember seeing it. Oh, he had a wristband on in Brotherhood, too. Never mind. Apparently, that's just how you hide your roboticness is wristband. That's how I hide my roboticness. I'm like, oh, man, I gotta wear my wristband so no one knows I'm a robot. So it, it, it basically took my favorite character, like, the only character that I really had any form of attachment to, and then they're like, well, meh. Forget about all the characterization. Doesn't matter. Because now he's a robot. It was so dumb. It made me really mad. <laughs> um But then I get through because of the power of friendship. Yay. Yay. Um, if you go through the backside of chapter thirteen, which is the stuff that they added to try and make things clear, mm-hmm. it makes nothing clear. <laughs> um you play as Ignis and Gladio, and you're going through trying to find Noctis while he's on his, like, lone man king journey thing. And it's like, oh, hey, here's the Emperor, and here's his transformation into the Beast guy. Wow, that's a thing that we talked about in the other side of it, but here's it actually happening. And then um, you get another part where, like, Arden... As Noctis kills Luna's brother and then, like, throws his paperwork all over his body. <laughs> and 
when I was playing through chapter 13, I thought because like there was stuff everywhere and there were bodies and like he, he had his arm broke. Oh, that's the thing. He died from having his arm cut off when his arm is artificial. So that doesn't make any sense. That's how I died. Um, no, Jared died a different way. <laughs> um, so when I first went in there, I was like, oh, so like maybe the ceiling fell through and like they all fell to their deaths and that's why everything spread out. That makes sense. But no, that's not what happened. Apparently the papers are just thrown on his body and like, oh, now we have dad's sword. Thanks, arm. That's also how you find out that Luna was actually dying. Was through the papers that were spread out on the floor. Uh, okay. Yeah. Because her brother's like, Luna was talking to me today about how sick she was from trying to make these packs. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh my god, really? <sighs> yeah, it was. Anyway, this ends up with Noctis leaving all of his buddies behind because um, Arden throws everything he has at him in terms of enemies. And they're like, if we all die here, including you, then everybody is dead. That's the end of the story. If we die here and you go, then it's fine. And Noctis questions that, but anyway, he runs off anyway. And he goes to find the crystal, which is supposed to protect people from, like, all the, the demons. And as he touches the crystal, the crystal's like, time for dinner, and, like, starts sucking him in for some reason that's never explained. Slurp. Right, and so, like, Noctis <laughs> is, like, half hanging out of the crystal, and Arden's talking to him about, like, how he's looking forward to fighting, like, the best version of himself. And it makes literally no sense and so the crystal eats noctis and then noctis makes a pact with um bahamut and basically gets some like you have dialogue choices with him of like what's going on here <laughs> like, oh my god so then you make your fifth pact but also you get to sleep for 10 years which sounds fantastic heck yeah um so you wake up and it's 10 years later and it's the final chapter, finally. And Noctis has a beard, but he's still wearing all his same clothes, which is really weird. Um, and everything's destroyed and terrible. And I was running because they're like, hey, we need you to go to Hammerhead because everybody's at Hammerhead. Um, but also it's like two miles and it's going to take you forever to run. So I was really, really mad at that point. Until I got picked up by Jared's grandson in, Hello. in a truck, who is now like, I don't know, 20 or something. Old enough Which, to drive a, tr a truck. We were talking about this. Like, everybody's 30 now, or 30, in their 30s. Right. 30 or above. And, um, I don't know, man. Like, do you get bad goatees when you turn 30? I didn't get a bad goatee when I turned 30. I mean, I haven't turned 30 yet, so. Uh, I guess you have that to look forward to. <laughs> I mean, unless you're going through like a weird midlife crisis at that point, but usually, uh, I don't know. There's still old pe older people with like bad goatees. So, Guy Fieri does exist. Yes, yeah, true. So there is that, but. Yeah. Well, Prompto gets a bad go goatee. Gladio has a sweet ponytail. Like, it is awesome. He had a mullet throughout the rest of the game, so when he got the ponytail, I'm like, upgrade. How does a robot decide to grow bad facial hair? 
Oh, right. He's a robot. How did that happen? God. Also, he's been trying to hit on Cindy for 10 years and still failing. So that's embarrassing. And she never shows um, up. That infuriated me. I, the entire truck ride there, it, the entire truck ride to Hammerhead, <laughs> they're talking about how Cindy never leaves Hammerhead and she's so in love with her work and that's why she won't get prompt at the time of day. She's always at Hammerhead. And so like when I get to Hammerhead, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go find Cindy running around. Where is Cindy? Where is she? And like I looked everywhere and she's not there. I'm like, you didn't even bother to make her a new model, even though you spent the time in the story talking about how she's always there. Like, oh, and then like they talk about how Iris became like this bad demon hunter and like don't show her at all. I'm like, that's so disappointing. Like, can you imagine? That's so freaking cool. And they're like, meh. Um, but yeah, Gladio got a sweet ponytail, so I guess good for him. Um, Ignis's hair became, like, dark. I don't know, maybe blindness made him stop dyeing his hair blonde? I don't, I don't know. (laughs) But his hair's dark. Um, he wears, like, dumb sunglasses now. He still can't see, and none of them are friends anymore. I I wouldn't be friends with Noctis. Oh, no, 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 not Noctis. None of the other three are friends with each other. Which is so dumb. Because, like, this entire thing is about how, like, they're friends. And they all like each other. And then, like, once Noctis is gone, they're no longer friends. Like, what? Well, I guess we don't have to hang out anymore. It makes no sense. Also, this last chapter is so rushed. <laughs> um, and because you... you arrive it's 10 years later and you get on the truck you get to hammerhead and they're like all right let's go to the city let's take back your throne and then like you leave and you're in insomnia and like going to the final boss i'm like wait what also you get like super edge lord king gear at that point (laughs) um which i i was showing you because you can um you can take the jacket off and so when you take the jacket off of Noctis's kingly gear, he has like his sleeves rolled up and like when you're going to take back your throne, but you got to be casual about it. Um, so they all get their king's glaive outfits. And one thing that they mentioned, they're like, well, I hope it still fits after 10 years. And like nobody gained anybody, any, any weight. It's not like you're going to grow any like taller or shorter. No, but like I find it highly improbable that nobody gained any weight in 10 years right or even lost weight yeah like we know for a fact because of like in game and in story lore that like prompto has a weight issue like there's no telling me that like he wouldn't go one way or the other because he's depressed i gained weight when i got depressed and my best friend didn't become a crystal <laughs> or get eaten by a crystal whatever it was I don't even understand what happened maybe there maybe they didn't got replaced and you just never knew it and they're no, a robot they, now they said they've been waiting for 10 years to wear these outfits and they say they specifically say I hope they still fit so then they go to their um, their Coleman cramp campground beforehand 
they're four chairs. You don't hear what they're saying. Anyway, we go, <laughs> we go to the, the throne. We're like, all right, this is ours now. Um, before you get there, you have to pick a picture because Prompto has been taking pictures this entire time. You can save them. Um, which I found out you can troll pretty hard on that. That's hilarious. But anyway, you pick your favorite picture. Um, and then the game continues to be infuriating. <laughs> because you go to the throne room and like, Arden, let's take you down. And he's like, yeah, that's fine. But also, like, you can't bring your friends. So he, like, knocks them out. Excuse me, what? Classic video game. Again... The whole story is about friendship and brotherhood and how we all like these guys and we're going to do this by ourselves. Okay, cool. The combat system already blows. <laughs> so let's do this by myself. Moral of so the story, you, you don't need friends. Right. Like, who needs your friends? <laughs> Done. Um, so you fight the final boss by yourself. Um, also, it turns out at some point that Arden is like, Noctis's great grandpa or something like great 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 grandpa which brings in a huge question uh, which I, I talk about this later is like how did the family line even continue if like he was his great great grandpa or whatever but then wasn't pure enough to become king so he became like evil guy and immortal like who became king in his place and is he like is Noctis not actually of that family line? Like, I don't understand what's happening there. It doesn't make any sense. Shocker. Um, right. A lot of things in this game don't make any sense. <laughs> so anyway, somehow you kill the immortal. Um, that happens. And then you show back up to the front of the... The castle league, citadel, whatever they call it. And your friends are there and they're fine. And they're like, alright, we got this. You go take your throne, buddy. And somehow they got from the throne room to the front, and I don't understand how that happened either. I thought that they were dead, but they aren't. Apparently, the director has said that the three do not die there. Um, but then Noctis does. He straight up dies real hard. Because he goes to the throne, and then like all the kings stab him to death. And that is somehow able to destroy Arden? Question mark? And that's the end of the royal line, because Noctis didn't have any kids. Because he was apparently in love with Luna at some point. Who knows? Um, but they didn't have time to make babies. So, um, apparently the government's going to be in shambles. That should be fun. Power struggles, right? Yay! Yay! Um, and then you get, like... A weird scene at the end of, like, again, the wayward son and, like, Luna, you guided him. And then Noctis is on the throne and Luna's there and he passes the picture of his adventure to her, which is, like, I saw somebody put, like, the cup noodle picture. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the funniest thing in the world. Um, but then they kiss and that's the end of the game. And for one, like... Why is it those two? Because, like, again, I never got the idea that he actually cared about her. And two, like, what? What indeed? It, it doesn't make any sense. Zero sense. 
this game is infuriating. <laughs> um, also infuriating is that I had so many glitches. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, so um, I realized early on that I, I had, like, these weird black pixelizations that were happening on, like, a lot of areas, and especially if the area was wet or rainy. Um, and, I mean, there were some areas that, like, I literally could not see what was happening because it was just black pixels everywhere. And it was a nightmare. And um, I had some of the same issues that you did in the sense of, like, there was one point where a cutscene happened where Prompto was like, hey, we did the thing. This is awesome. And then, like, it just never came out of the cutscene. <laughs> and so, like, you have them looking at each other and, like, walking around and, like, waiting for the cutscene to end, but it wouldn't end no matter what I do. <laughs> and so I had to literally start the game over. I had to reset the system and start the game over and redo that quest because... It wouldn't come out of the cutscene. I waited like five minutes for them to actually do something. Prompto was just standing there looking at us like, all right. Is the cutscene going to end yet? Come on. It's over. I don't really have anything else to say. Come on, man. Um, yeah. <sighs> so, by, so, so, by, so by, the, uh, by the end of it, you really enjoyed your time with Final Fantasy XV. <laughs> I mean, I think if I had played, like, chapters 1 through 8, I probably would have been like, this is an okay game. It's not great. It's not terrible. But then I got past chapter 8, and I was like, no, f this game. F this game. It's garbage. <laughs> and it was just so irritating, because, like, you, the whole thing is this, like, open-world Final Fantasy-type situation, and, like... I was wandering around. I was doing quests. Like I said, I got to level, what, 74? That's right. insane. Um, the recommended level for, like, the end game is 45. <sighs> um, and I think I got, I think I told you, like, all but seven trophies, which is crazy. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, But then, like, once you get to the, like, Luna chapter where you go to see her, everything just completely narratively falls apart and gameplay just becomes atrocious. Everybody starts turning on each other. Like, it is a mess. And I just, uh, it was irritating. And even, like, I didn't hate the other three. Like, at that point, either, like, Gladio kind of got on my nerves sometimes. Which, there's another part where Gladio just disappears. And he's like, I gotta go do something. I'll be right back. And then, like, disappears for a chapter. And then they never explain it because it was a DLC. Like, you could have had him in the game say, like, Hey, I went on this mission to make sure that I was strong enough to be your shield. I passed. Yay. But no. They just literally don't even explain to you what happened to him. He's like, I gotta go, by, And then he comes back and he has a new scar and he's like, you should have seen the other guy. But that would spoil the DLC. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> that and Gladio also got on my nerves because of the Cup Noodle quest. When he made me climb that dang volcano again for Cup Noodle. It's worth it. No. <laughs> Iris is much better. His sister is way cooler. Also, like, 
I kept saying that I should just date her instead because like Noctis and her had way more chemistry. She super had the hots for him. Which, I mean, like, I texted my brother. I did that when I was, it was probably about the same age difference. But um, my brother's friends, I had mega, mega crushes on them. I feel that girl. I feel it. But she was, she's like, this feels like a date, doesn't it, Noctis? And then you get experience if you answer it right. Noctis, oh, what's a date? Well, you're supposed to say, like, no, it's not a date because I have Luna. Oh, this girl I haven't seen in, like, 12 years. Well, I'm pretty sure we're, like, we're going to marry and bone all the time, so. <laughs> oh, and everybody, I guarantee, has swamp ass a thousand percent of the time. The, the character designs are terrible. I hate the outfits. I hate junk them. funk. Oh my god, it's so gross. And again, it brings up like, how would nobody see Prompto's barcode? It's a good question. Narratively, this was a mess, and I mean, like, if you compare it to other Final Fantasy, like I know we laugh at Metacritic a lot but like if you compare it to the other Final Fantasy scores on Metacritic it's a lot lower it's still like in the 80s like the low 80s but I mean it's that's pretty significant at least the version I played was like an 81 on Metacritic the Nomura effect I think the lesson from this is, um, which Nomura actually was like kind of kicked off the project. And then the other guy was, became the director. And he said, he has actually said that there was a lot more stuff that was supposed to be in there, but it got cut for time. Which seems, um, which that seems what, like, what they're doing with a lot of those DLCs is trying to reinsert all that in there. Yeah, and it's, it's dumb. But, um, I mean, it's kind of the same thing with uh, with Hashino from, like, the Persona team. Like, mm-hmm. these guys are terrible at what they do. And, like, they, they're out of ideas. Just get rid of them. Bring in new blood. It yeah. worked for Breath of the Wild. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. Maybe you can let him design stuff if you want to, but he's going to have, like, butt belts everywhere and... Just don't let him do any more stories. And even if you do, like, it's very, very obvious by this that, like, the last half of this game was very rushed. It's extremely obvious. Like I said, you get to chapter eight, and, like, everything's okay at that point. And then, like, after that, it's just nine through 14 are just nightmares. And on rails. Literally, actually, you're on a train. <laughs> and you don't even get to suplex it. Mm-mm, you don't get to suplex the train. You just see an ice butt. Terrible. So anyway, Final Fantasy is infuriating, and now you don't have to play it because I Yay! didn't like it. But I feel validated in the sense that we've been on it for like the past year and a half, two years, and like... We were right. We were right. And so like... I, I, 
I can understand that my brother loves it, but I don't. Yeah, that's fair. Like people are going to like things that we don't like and vice versa. Yep. So, um, but now I know. And like I said, it was like a, a morbid sense of curiosity that drove me to see what, what the heck was happening here. And now it's done and I don't have to go back to it ever again. It's true. Which you joked that I was going to play the DLC and I was very grumpy. <laughs> I would not wish that upon you. Mm-mm. Sigh. But now it's time to buy a PlayStation VR so you can get that Final Fantasy 15 fishing game. Monsters of the Deep. Yeah, I... <laughs> that's one thing that's funny is that they each have their own, like, skills. Like, Prompto has photography, Ignis has cooking, Gladio has survival, and Noctis has fishing. And I had photography to 10. I had cooking to 4. I had survival to 9. And then I had fishing at 3. Because I never wanted to fish because the fishing system was trash. <laughs> oh, you're gonna you're gonna make a lot of people mad when you say that. I'm gonna make a lot of people mad just from like this entire <laughs> podcast. And I understand that. Um, so to all of you that texted me and asked me, like, are you really playing Final Fantasy Fifteen? Yes, I really played Final Fantasy Fifteen and I beat it, and this is the result. <laughs> Opinion unchanged. Yes. Uh, actually, opinion might have changed to make it worse. There you go. It may be a worse opinion now than it was before. <laughs> Never play games that you think look bad because it'll just make everything worse. <sighs> Moral of the story for today. Infuriating. Oh, but one positive besides that it was pretty sometimes. Um, Shiva actually did have realistic boobage. <laughs> Cindy did not. They got to write for one character, and they're like, well, I don't know. <laughs> like, well, she's not really a person, so does it count? Like, we got to make the people look like they just got melons on there, you know? <sighs> yeah. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention is that you fight Ifrit, or Ifrit, Ifrit? I don't know how they pronounce it. I call Ifrit. Him Ifrit. Um, you fight him at one point. It's okay. Um, and then she was like, oh, hey, we were lovers. This is kind of cool, right? I'm glad that you freed him from all this anger that he has towards humans. Let's go be lovers again. I'm like, what? Okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> I was like, what is happening right now? I don't understand. So then you get him as a summon, but I never used him. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. We got through two games that are controversial and at least one that we have been consistently saying is a bad game. And lo and behold, it was a bad game. Yeah. Who Prompto could have seen this fine. coming? Prompto was fine until chapter 13 and they just put him in the trash bin along with everybody else. It was really upsetting. Prompto, Prompto and Iris are like redeeming factors. Although Iris was also like Makoto from Persona 5. Right. In design, not personality, because she actually had a personality. Ayo! Ah! Anyway, game is infuriating. You had an infuriating game? I was just disappointed. <laughs> oh, well, I think that's going to wrap this thing up. 
Yeah, hopefully next week I won't be so mad. I mean, more than likely you won't be so. It's true. And again, after uh, once this is posted, I will have officially graduated. Yay! Yay. I did it you did somehow. It. Well, if you'd like more from us, go to seasonalimitcheckup.com or sac.cool, where you can find past episodes of this very cool podcast. And you can listen to us talk about other Final Fantasy games that are much better. Good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's also other podcasts on there as well, such as the Seasonal Limit Checkup and Jared and I Watch, which is on its own new thing now. It has uh-huh. its own new page, has its own new podcast feed, so... If you have been listening to that in this feed, you will need to go and subscribe to the new one to continue listening because they're different now. Changes have been made. Uh, There's also columns and reviews on the site as well. You can check out my latest piece on Crunchyroll. That'll be out on the social medias at this point in time. Uh, You can follow Anladium at anladium.com. She's got columns and reviews on her site as well. Follow Mm -hmm. us on Twitter, twitter.com slash anime checkup, where Twitter stuff happens. And you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash SACOVA. If you would like to support this very podcast and all of the fun things that we do, even though probably not going to happen this week because everyone's mad. <laughs> uh, next week, potentially Hyrule Warriors. I mean. I would love to talk about Hyrule Warriors. I would love it. Oh, I know. I'm just saying, like, it's going to be a, only a few days after release for that, so. But, I mean, yeah. we, we've both played through that game, so it's not like it's anything new. Well, and we don't necessarily have to record as early in the week as we normally do. That's fair, yeah. Because um, I will have a little bit of a hard time playing it for the first few days of release because, mm-hmm. you know, you got to graduate. Man. So yeah, look forward to that next week, I guess. Oh man, I'm going to be so hyped. It's true. <laughs> so you got Downer Owl this week, next week. You will not have that. You will have Super Super Muso Queen. The Muso Queen returns next week. 